Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 77 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome back to the regular listeners and welcome if you are brand new. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Maxwell Ivy, and he's going to be sharing all about Penny. But uh, first... Just want to repeat uh, something I said last week as we are heading into the Christmas period. Please think about what you are going to give your dog. There are some really well marketed and really nicely presented items that are basically dangerous to your dog, and that's the ones in particular with rawhide, amongst other ingredients. Uh, Do yourself a big favour, read the ingredients first before you buy something. And don't forget to tell your family not to waste their money buying those items as well. Anyway, on to some doggy news. Now, a uh, 10-year-old Labrador by the name of Zach along with people from the university in Glasgow and also from Alto University in Finland, have developed a doggy phone, whereas they have put a device inside a small ball and when... The dog, in this case, Zach, vigorously shakes the ball. The uh, home TV makes a video call to the Guardian. That will be an interesting item to uh, keep an eye on. Um, Staying in Scotland, police in Bonnybridge attempted to stop a car being driven in an erratic manner. The driver made off on foot and evaded them. So I'm not quite sure if they actually said the line, better call Saul, but Saul, their police dog, was deployed, tracked down the driver a short time later, hiding in uh, woodlands in a, in a golf course there. So uh, well done Saul. Now it is the season for giving and wouldn't it be nice if you gave someone the gift of listening to this podcast and hearing how awesome dogs are. It could be a virtual stocking filler and I would appreciate it very much. Anyway, here's this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Maxwell Ivy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am going fantastically well. So 
Whereabouts in the world are you? I'm about 45 miles north of Houston, Texas. Oh, nice, nice. And who are we going to talk about today? Well, we will, I figure we'll talk about Miss Penny, the wonder dog, uh, the dog that uh, was such a big part of our lives around here that uh, four years later, we still haven't gotten to the point where we can find us, find the, what it takes to go get another dog yet. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's both, both good and, and, and not so good. But um, I'm going to ask to, for you to take us back in time to just before you and Penny met up. And tell us about the hows and whys that that happened. Okay. Well, me and my family used to own a small traveling carnival, and we were working in the eastern part of the state of Texas. My nephew was at that age where we thought he should have a dog, and we had gotten him one dog, but the dog turned out to not be suited for traveling. It had a lot of stress, and actually ate a hole through the door of our house trailer because it didn't like being outside on a chain underneath the house trailer. And uh, we were asking around for somebody who might have a dog for my nephew. And we ran across a vet who had a dog that she wanted to, uh, she considered a rescue animal. And my mom and my dad said, you know, we want a small dog. We want a dog that can get in and out of a truck, that can be comfortable in a small space. And the one said, yeah, this, this dog is going to be a small dog. So we took the dog. We had a discussion to see what we were going to name it. And for, the, for a long time, its name was just Girl Dog or, do, or Dog <laughs> because nobody knew what to call it. And, and uh, Penny was probably about maybe a foot, 15 inches long. She probably weighed maybe 20, 30 pounds. She was what looked like a reasonable indoor dog when we first got her. Now... My dad always said, if you looked at the feet of the dog, we should have all known it was not going to be a little dog. <laughs> and uh, so when we would travel from one town to the next, the first week we got her, Penny sat on my leg. The second and third week we got her, she had to stretch out onto my, onto my lap. By the fourth or fifth or sixth week we had her, she was having to ride in the floorboard or, or in, in the back seat because it just wasn't comfortable anymore for her to sit on me or it wasn't comfortable for her either. I mean, this dog ended up being about 95 pounds. And, uh, but she actually took pretty good to, tra she actually did pretty good with traveling. Although Penny was really a, a free spirit at heart as a dog. Um, couple of things that we found out about Penny very early. One was that you could not feed her or give her water on the day that you traveled to the next town. Um, we did that by mistake the first two weeks and both weeks she threw up all over me. And I had to ride one week it was 60 miles and another week it was 75 miles with dog vomit on me with no way to clean it off or in, you know, in a hot, steamy, no air conditioning truck. It was, uh, but somebody finally figured out not to feed her. The other thing was, is Penny would get off of her leash or off of her, her collar and she would go, but she would always come back. So when we, we finally decided to give her a name, I said, well, why don't we just call her Penny? She's like a bad Penny. Every time we think she's gone, she turns up again. <laughs> One of the few times in my life I got to name the dog, uh, but, you know, Penny was a really cool dog. Uh, she didn't like thunder or fireworks, which 
you know, fireworks was bad because just about every weekend there was a fireworks show wherever the carnival was. Uh, but she was very mellow. She, you know, really easygoing dog. She was a world-class scrounge. So anytime she wasn't on the leash, if, uh, you know, you, you turn a dog that, you know, thinks the whole world is a buffet loose on a carnival midway after you close where, you know, literally it is a buffet, you know, you can just imagine. She, um, but she was a really cool dog. And, um, the, the, the best thing about Penny was, is a few years after we got her, I had decided I didn't want to travel anymore. I was wanting to come home and go full time helping other people sell used rides and, and become an online business person because I just wasn't really happy anymore. My dad had passed away. Uh, my games weren't doing as well as I thought they should on the, on my uncle's midway. And so I just wasn't happy. I said, let, let me just go home. And I honestly think that knowing that Penny was going to be here with me was part of the reason why I was able to win that argument to where they were like, yeah, we are not going to be comfortable with him being there by himself, but at least he has the dog. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, you wouldn't know this about me, but for some reason, my family has kind of a low opinion of my survival skills. So instead of me watching the dog, it was, they figured the dog would watch me. <laughs> nice. And, you know, yeah. And, and the, you know, the, the cool thing about Penny, one of those, you know, another one of those things I just had to learn about her was she had this knack of, I would be sitting here working on my laptop, trying to, edit a page on my website or trying to send an email and she would come up and go, come on, Max, pet me, scratch me. You know, that spot I can't reach now get, you know, uh, what, how did I usually put it? Put down that silly laptop and do your real job, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know? And, and so at first it annoyed me because, you know, I would, usually I was right in the middle of something, but I finally decided to think of it as an opportunity for meditation. And so when she'd show up, I would go, okay, Max, I'm going to take a 10 or 15 minute break. I'm not going to think about nothing. I'm just going to pet the dog and stretch that part on the back of her back, just above her tail that she can't reach or that she pretends she can't reach. And, uh, and just try to enjoy the moment. And, you know, while the smell of, of dog or wet dog is not really a good smell, if, you know, if you, if you focus on it, you can kind of lose track of where you are and <clears throat> come back to your work uh, a little bit more refreshed. And, you know, sometimes I had some of my best ideas after I pet was through petting that crazy dog. Um, and I know for a fact that in the two or three years since she's been gone, that I am nowhere near as productive at my work now that I don't have her interrupting and distracting me. Ah, nice. And I, I love the idea, yeah, the the enforced break. You know, you don't need a program or a watch. You just need a dog to tell you to have a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about before we came on here about how dogs are great teachers of being in the moment. And so that was kind of what I had to learn from Penny. You know, Max, you're, you're, the, only, you're the only human here. So if she needs to be scratched, you're going to scratch her. If she needs to be fed, you're going to feed her. And if she needs to go outside, you're going to have to let her outside. So it was, it was just one of those things. Once I accepted it, it was really, you know, really worked, worked for the best. And, you know, it got me thinking about other things we do. And so, you know, people that do laundry, uh, dishes, vacuuming, there's so many things we do on a daily basis that 
on the surface are a pain in the butt or not fun at all, but they're repetitive, mundane, monotonous. And if we think about it right, we can use them as a way to just totally empty our mind. I like to call it modern meditation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people when they swim or run or ride a stationary bike, you know, again, that's time. They're not really doing anything with their brain. And I find it some wonderful thinking time. In, in fact, uh, I had a woman comment on my idea a while back, and she said, "She said, Max, you are so right." She said, "My problem is though, I get some of my best ideas when I'm at the pool. What do I do then?" So I finally figured it out. I told her, "Get a whiteboard and a marker and put them beside the pool." Yeah, <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's so many things. You know, grooming a horse. Uh, you know, painting a house. There are so, uh, so many things we do. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that enter data into a computer, even where they're reading it off of a piece of paper or out of another file. They're putting it into a form where, you know, there's not, a, it's, it's not a, it's not a totally, you know, mindless job, but there's, you know, there's not a, a high level of difficulty required. And I'm sure there are lots of things like that we have every day. And I just, you know, I used to have a dog and, I'm looking forward to sometime here in the future when I actually get another dog. I have, uh, my nephew actually had to take Penny to the vet to have her euthanized and it hurt him. It hit him very hard. So while I've been ready to have another dog and my mom and my brother have pretty much within a few months, but Seth just isn't ready. But recently I have gotten him to accept the idea that, uh, that I might get a guide dog. So at least that uh, has has kind of broken the ice a little bit. And I'm currently working with an orientation and mobi mobility instructor because my, you have to have good cane skills and good transit skills before they will accept you as a candidate to be become somebody who uses a guide dog. And that's why I haven't gone ahead and just done it yet. Plus, COVID is making it kind of difficult for new for new training. The schools are doing a good job maintaining the training of the dogs that are already out in the world and continuing to train the puppies, but uh, they're kind of in a in a holding pattern when it comes to approving new students and actually training them with their dogs. So that's uh, that's that's part of it. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to someday having another dog and. Of course, the difference between Penny and a guide dog is the guide dog's needs generally have to be fulfilled on a schedule. So as opposed to this random interruption that pretty much seemed to happen whenever I really needed it to happen, uh, with a guide dog, it'll be, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. It'll be three o'clock in the afternoon. Whatever the schedule is, it'll be pretty much that within a few minutes every day because that's the way they work. Mm -hmm. So for those people listening that 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 don't know you with your vision impairment. Can you just give us a, a brief background on what type of in, impairment and how long you've had that for? Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot that this is not being recorded with video and even if it were, they can't see my cage. So we probably should have covered that sooner, but yes, uh, I am almost totally blind. I have what they call light perception. I've been this this particular level of vision since I graduated from college in 90, so uh, roughly 30 years or more. I was born with perfect vision. I also was born with retinitis pigmentosa, or RP. 
I had a gradual de- decrease in vision at first. And then when I went into junior high school, I had a big drop off in vision. It's pretty common for men with RP to have a, have a big vision uh, downturn when they go through puberty. It stayed pretty much constant until I graduated from high school. But by the time I graduated from college, it was down pretty close to what it is now. And so that's, but yeah, we might've wanted to talk about that sooner, but that's one of the things I like about, um, about both of our styles when it comes to our podcasts is we are not the kind of people who edit much or script much. We're really just wanting to have a good conversation and try to stay on the topic, you know? So. Absolutely. And I suppose that has a, a, a fair bit to do of, of your perception of Penny, even from the early days. <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, something that just occurred to me for the longest time. I didn't know that Penny was a white dog. It wasn't until I asked somebody or somebody, I think it was a male lady called me on the phone. She was trying to deliver a letter or a package or something. She said, she said, is this big white dog out here in your yard? Is it friendly? Uh, <laughs> I, I have a friend in Pennsylvania who refuses to own a dog that isn't black because they get snow up there and she, she has some vision, but she feels like she wants to be able to see her dog when it's when the yard's covered in snow. You know, <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, but, and don't worry, uh, yeah, I, think, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, people with no vision impairment that want the same sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Penny was Penny was uh, was unusual dog when it came to uh, to people and other animals. I don't know if I told you about this or not, but we came home one morning and my brother had pictures of this on his last phone. But when he transferred over to the new company, we lost the pictures, but he had a, and the phone was already kind of partially broke when he took it. So instead of getting video, he got a slideshow, but we came home one day and Miss Penny and a young deer are out in the yard playing tag. And my brother described it. He said, well, he says like this. He said, one of them will stalk the other one and then they'll jump up and tag them or slap them with their paw. And then they'll, then it'll be the other per, other one's turn to stalk them. So our dog and a young deer were out in the yard oh, playing tag. That would have been a beautiful video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dog would have made me famous, which that's one of probably hundreds of times the dog would have made me famous if we had just put up cameras in the house. <laughs> so just want to go back a, a little while, for a little time to Penny's early days, particularly sort of like in her puppyhood and that traveling around. Can you tell us a little bit how life was for, or how you think life was for her then? Uh, I think that it was, you know, I, I, I think it was, uh, it was different depending on, you know, when, because when she was a small dog, she spent most of her time in the house or in the truck. So that probably made things more like being a dog pretty much anywhere else. But when she got to be bigger and spent more time outside, uh, then I imagine it changed. Uh, Penny, like I said, we called her Penny because it you know, it's kind of like being a bad Penny. Uh, I was sitting with her in a pickup one day when it was raining and we were, we were waiting, hoping the rain would clear so we could get open. And she jumped through the driver's side window of the truck and disappeared for a couple hours. And then a little while later, she comes and she jumps back through the driver's side window of the truck. 
uh, you know, if uh, it, when she would get loose while we were open, she'd go down to wherever the rides were and she would, you know, she would run around and play with the customers. And uh, she, once she got off the leash, she did not want to go back on the leash until somebody made her. And, uh, you know, I remember one day the girl my brother was dating at the time had caught Penny and was trying to drag Penny back to our house trailer. And I said, you know, what would be easier with knowing, knowing that Penny didn't want to go, I said, you know what would be easier would be if you just let me hang on to her here and go get her leash and bring the leash and then drag her back. And that's what we ended up doing. But uh, uh, she was very a very curious dog. She would get into stuff. She would go hang out with people. Uh, she was a big lover of anything with cheese in it. And one week up in Kansas, she got loose and the help found her in the potato chip aisle of the local convenience store. <laughs> yeah. They said you could see it in her eyes. She was sitting there in the she was sitting there in the aisle walking back and forth trying to think, how the heck do I get one of these bags open? <laughs> And uh, the this the uh, the woman that ran the store was just about to call the cops on Penny, but the some of our the help the the help from the carnival that was there, you know, getting drinks or whatever during a slow time, they saw her and rescued her and brought her back. But I mean, it was you know, it was just uh, it was just her thing. If if there was cheese, she felt like she should get some. I uh, I like to tell people that we don't have. We would have more pictures of Penny, but you know how you, when you take a picture, you say cheese. <laughs> well, if you said cheese, Penny felt somebody better have some dang cheese. <laughs> and, and if they don't have some, they should go get some, you know? So you uh, mentioned earlier, she jumped out of the, uh, the truck window into the rain. Obviously the weather didn't worry her too much. Yeah, it was funny about that dog. Sometimes she was happy being out in the rain. Usually she was not a water dog. We we never really figured out what she was, but my brother and nephew went online and looked at, you know, lots of different dog breeds. And they said, if you looked at her build and her fur, she was probably half Greyhound and half, half Dalmatian. And so I said, okay, good. We'll just tell everybody she's a Greymation. <laughs> uh, she, she didn't... But like I said, she was weird when it came to the water. Sometimes uh, she would be outside playing in it, and other times she wouldn't want to go outside to go to the bathroom in it. And uh, most of the time you had to fight her to give her a bath. <clears throat> but every so often she'd walk into the bathroom and sit down in the tub and go, okay, somebody bathe me. Okay. <laughs> Just w whatever the I mean, mood it was, was at the it time. Was yeah, it was weird. Most of the times, you know, it take three of us to get her into the bathroom. Uh, but every so often, you know, they'd walk into the bathroom, she'd be sitting there in the tub. So I guess every so often, it just got so stinky, even she couldn't take herself anymore. It's all I can figure. <laughs> did, you have yeah. a, did you have a particular uh, favorite area of the carnival? Um. Anything, yeah, um, the back the back door of anything that sold food. <laughs> Anywhere they had kids, 
Um, generally, she stayed away from the, the noisier rides and attractions. And we did our best to keep her on the leash or in the house when we were when we we're open at events that were busy. Um, you know, if we were at an event where people weren't showing up and, you know, we were all just trying to kill time, then just like your idea of the dog at the hospital, we had we had the dog on the midway sometimes just to keep us from going nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, but usually if it was a crowded midway, she we, we would make sure she was was off the midway uh, here at the house. We we live in we live on the end of a dead end road. And she basically ran the entire cul-de-sac area. And sometimes we would find her three or four streets up at the convenience store, uh, local gas station where people, you know, would, would stop and fill up before they head out to work. And more than once, my mom or my brother would stop a mile or two away from the house and yell at her to get in the truck and bring her, bring her back home. I mean, but our neighbors all knew her. When we told people that she had passed away and that it was because somebody had uh, drained transmission fluid into their yard, everybody was like, it had to be accident. Nobody would do that dog harm on purpose. But that's the disadvantage of living in unincorporated county. It's, it's near the city, but it's kind of rural to the point where people feel like they can do whatever they want to in their own yard. Mm-hmm. And the Texan thing kind of figures in there too, you know, the whole the 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 state where people pretty much make up their own rules kind of approach to life. So uh, we had her like eleven years. Uh, we really really enjoyed having her. Like I say, there's 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 a hole still left in this family from that dog. And she had a really great dog to follow. Uh, we had a poodle terrier named Samantha before Penny that we had for probably twelve or thirteen years. That was an amazing dog before Penny. So, you know, it'd be kind of like uh, being in a family that had Michael Jordan and then also had LeBron James. You know, it was two amazing, you know, two amazing pups. Uh, and uh, Sounds it. So with the, um, with the carnival, were there any other animals or did any of the other people that were on the, on the tour have, have pets with them? Um, my dad tended to discourage other people from having dogs. He felt like if you had too many dogs, it gave the wrong impression. And, and the more dogs you had, the more likely you were to get into trouble because he's like, I know I'll take care of my dog, but I don't know that the people I employ will take care of their dog. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of discouraged it. Usually people that worked for us or that were booked with us that where they would bring their games or rides to an event we were at. Uh, generally didn't have a lot of animals. Uh, I was kind of impressed for about a year and a half. We had a petting zoo. So for a year and a half, we had uh, miniature goats and miniature sheep, ducks and pigs and stuff. And and Penny behaved herself real well around the animals. Um, and one day when they got loose from the trailer, we were hauling them in and they were kind of spread out across a uh, two-lane back road in in uh, southeast Houston, Penny helped get a, helped helped us get them back in the trailer. Even though I don't think she'd ever done any hurting before. Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, what about going for walks and things like that and exercise? Did she have like particular areas that she preferred, or how did you do that when you were on the road? 
Well, when you were on, when we were on the road, then you, you had to have somebody walkers. So usually Seth or Patrick would, or uh, sometimes the help just take her and start, you know, walking the midway, walking the independent midway, which is where the, the food booths and the, the, the vendors that sell, you know, uh, homemade crafts and stuff like that, just, you know, walking enough so that she doesn't go crazy being stuck inside or, or, you know, tied to the, to the side of the house trailer for long periods of time. Uh, but Penny, like I said, she'd get loose. Somebody'd have to go catch her after a while and take her home. <laughs> um, one of the questions. She was actually, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think she was not a very good carny dog. Uh, <laughs> and that's maybe that's from your point of view. I think from her point of view, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She probably felt like, you know, I'm really working hard here to get along with these crazy people. Uh, I'm doing a good job considering that I was not raised for this life. A question I ask uh, all my guests, and this could be an interesting one, uh, is to complete the sentence, I can't believe my dog ate. We don't have any of those where the dog ate um, a sock or a shoe or whatever, but we do have a really good story of something she did that I bet no other dog owners ever told you. Um, we came home one day and my mom Penny loved, Penny loved to do anything to show my mom she liked her because my mom put the food in the bowl. So more often than not, my mom would feed her the scraps and pet her and talk to her. So she was like, she wanted to make my mom happy with her. So uh, we came home one day and there was a basket with a, with a big ivy plant in it. And it still had the price tag on it. Penny had grabbed this basket of ivy out of somebody's yard and brought it home to my mom. <laughs> and since we couldn't give it back, we brought it into the house. And, you know, like years later, that thing is still growing. And even, even after the bad freeze we had last year, where there, because we lost power, there was freezing temperatures in parts of our house. Uh, part of that ivy died, but some of it came back. And this is a plant that, you know, it's a connection to Miss Penny because you know, we just came home one day and there it was. But she was a she was a big time thief. We would find kids' toys and people's tools. And uh once or twice we found bags of tamales that we felt felt figured she stole from a neighbor's backyard party or something. Uh wow, interesting. So did she have any favorite toys and things that she used to play with or, uh, or, or like to uh, gather? <laughs> Well, Penny, Penny liked to, I think Penny's favorite thing was to play with wildlife. More than once, we had to pull her off of a possum. Uh, she would spend long periods of time barking at squirrels and uh, birds in the trees. And one of my favorite memories of her was she was, we were out in the yard one day and she's standing out there underneath the tree barking at this squirrel. And she's barking and barking and finally she gets tired and she says, I don't want to stand here no more, but I don't want that, want that squirrel to think he beat me. So she rolled over on her back where she could still look up at the squirrel and kept barking at him. <laughs> and, uh, she would play with stuff in the yard. That was Penny, you know? Uh, 
she never really had toys, but you know, when you travel a lot, like we did the first few years of her life, you tried, you generally don't accumulate a lot of stuff because stuff turns up missing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, she was kind of like, you know, an old school kid that played with wildlife and played with sticks and rocks, whatever, you know. Oh, cool. Um, how do you think uh, she went? Did she have like a favorite season? Did the, the, the weather conditions vary much or did you only tour in, in like certain sort of like seasons? Well, we toured about 10, 10 and a half months out of the year. And here in Houston, we don't really get a winter, but we do get some cold temperatures some of the time. I mentioned the freeze we had last year where it was in the, the 20s and the teens. It was it was very bad here. Uh, my remembering is that Penny preferred the cooler weather. Um, she did not like the heat in the summer, and more than once she would push you. She pushed one of us out of the way so she could get closer to the air conditioning. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm the one with the fur. Move over. <laughs> um, generally, health-wise, how was she? Uh, she was very healthy. Uh, and the whole time that we had her, uh, she had one incident with a skin tag. Uh, she never, like I said, swallowed anything she wasn't supposed to that, you know, wasn't, wasn't healthy. It may not have been healthy, but at least wasn't dangerous for her. Um. Uh, you know, her, she was, she was very, um, very open-minded when it came to dog food. I mean, it was like, uh, there was, the only time we ever tried to feed her something she wouldn't eat was, was when we tried to feed her the really expensive dry. <laughs> For some reason, she had no interest in it. We had to throw that stuff away. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whenever we would take her to be groomed, uh, she was, you put her on the leash, you take her to the pet, the, the pet smart or whatever, where the groomer was and they would do her nails and she would be polite and mild and everything. We try to do her nails at home. It takes four of us and, and two of us are going to end up with claw marks on us. <laughs> it's just something about, okay, I'm out in public, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nice dog. I better behave kind of a thing is all I could figure. But, uh, yeah, very healthy over the course of her life. Uh, never had any, uh, you know, torn paws or injured, injured, you know, limbs or anything. Very lucky considering that, like I said, she liked to run the neighborhood when we were home and she liked to run the midway when we were not. So very surprising now that I think about it. She didn't get injured more often uh, or wasn't sick more often. Uh, and, you know, just recently with, being a Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S., my brother was was describing some videos to me of things people are saying you shouldn't feed our dog. And it was like, everything on the list is stuff we shouldn't have been feeding our dog. I mean, <laughs> it says you're not supposed to feed them bread. And and uh, whenever we had pizza, <clears throat> Miss Penny would take care of all the crust. <laughs> it's <was> like... <clears throat> Dude. And uh, we used to we used to have a we used to have a rule that if she wanted to get a treat she had to high five you. Mm-hmm. And my 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 nephew taught it to her and she stuck with it to her whole most of her life she would do the high five. Uh, one day we were having sausages and my brother was taking a plate of them across the room. He was going to have something. He was going to give something to my mom. 
And Penny went sprinting across the living room with one of her paws up in the air. She was running on three legs. She's like, I'm here. I'm here. Now, where's my hot dog? <laughs> I was just going to ask. That's a, a, an interesting sort of habit. Did she have any other sort of unique sort of Penny things? Um, yeah, she was OCD. Uh, whenever you would let her go outside, she had to rub her entire body along the, the right-hand side of the door going out. Um, it was just one of those things she had to do. If, uh, I'm trying to think what else there was that she was, that was unusual to her. Uh, she thought that I was the only person who could open the door for her. So, uh, if she wanted to go out early in the morning or late at night, which she often did, I would be like, there's three other people in the house, dog, go get one of them to open the magic door for you. But it was as if... It was if I was the only and uh, when we did have loud noises like thunder or gunshots or fireworks, uh, I was the designated dog hugger. That was a, 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 an enviable job, I think. Yeah, and I just remember one other thing that was really weird about her: she would not share a bed. And there was some. There have been nights over the years when it's been cold. It would have been nice to have the dog. But uh, she just did not want to share. And the, the, But one thing I realized really late in her life was it wasn't that she didn't want to be on the bed. She didn't want to be on the bed in a position where she was behind you. It was like she wanted to be able to escape at any moment. And we often thought that her, whoever she had been uh, rescued from had probably, had probably abused her because she did have some weird you know, things that made you feel like she was used to running from people. And one of the things she did that was really weird for dogs, at least we always thought so, is she would not go to the bathroom on a trip until she could be sure that you were at your final destination. And we used to drive to Florida and back from Houston, which is about a 700-mile trip. And she would get in the pickup in Houston and she would not go to the bathroom until she got to Lake City, Florida. Wow. And we would we would get her, we would we would take her outside, we would take her to grassy areas, we would we would encourage her and and tell her please. And it was like, no, not until we get where we're going. But when you got where you're going, you better get the heck out of her way, because um, you know how it is when you've been holding it a while. Wow, that's yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And again, that goes back to why we think she may have been abused, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know how to handle a dog, especially a puppy, when they're having trouble with the issues of going in the house. Mm. Just going back but, to, again, when she was a pup and the and the sleeping, so was she inside most of the time? I would say most of the time. Uh, Penny was kind of a nocturnal dog, so that whatever she, whenever she could – could manage it. She would rather be outside at night, but, but yeah, she would uh, sleep in the house, uh, generally find a place on the floor. Uh, when, before we moved into the last trailer that we had, we were in a rather small trailer. So I was also sleeping on the floor. So I guess for a while, me and Penny shared a bed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But yeah, you know, she would she would curl up like any dog, and and uh, I don't recall her ever having nightmares or running around at night or disturbing anybody. She's a real well behaved dog. Uh, 
but yeah, she she would usually sleep inside, uh, even if while we were open, she would be we would have her outside. Do you you think that was much change when the 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 I suppose the the touring stopped and then you went back and you stayed in the house and was there much change in her habits or or demeanor do you think I think it's I don't think Penny changed much I think it's kind of like uh, an athlete that's pretty much the same player whether they're playing on turf or grass or asphalt I mean Penny. She was still a very uh, free-spirited dog, whether to you know as much as she could be, whether we were at home or, or traveling. Uh, she never really did become one of those dogs that was happy being on a leash, or you know, it's like uh, she wanted to be, uh, she wanted to run free and be loose to be her own dog as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, she was a very loving dog. She enjoyed being, she enjoyed being petted and scratched and, you know, hanging out with the family. So it was, I don't really, I don't think Penny changed. She just adjusted, she just adjusted to whatever situation came along, which is one of the things that made her a really good dog. Even if, like I say, she probably wasn't the greatest. There probably wasn't built, built right to be a carny dog, but then most people aren't my, my dad used to say that the carnival world is the only industry going where being where insanity is not a disqualification, but is actually a prerequisite. <laughs> and does that sort of, by definition, then link in Penny to that? Well, Penny was a crazy mutt. Yeah, we, we or as, as I used to tell people, she's crazy, but she's not dangerous. You know, she will not, she will not, she will not claw, scratch, or bite you, but she is nuts, or was. (laughs) Were there ever any times when you were, like, genuinely worried when either she wasn't there or that, or that something happened? Until we figured it, until we figured out her pattern, yeah, there was a couple of times. Um, For some reason, whenever the family would leave and I would be here by myself for a while, the first two days that they were gone, she would go and just stay gone. And no matter how much you yelled for her or banged on the house door for her or banged on her dish for her, she just wouldn't come. And the first couple of times it happened, I was very worried and actually asked a couple of my relatives if they were going to be anywhere nearby, if they could go look for her. And a couple of times when people came by the house, uh, I asked them if they would go look for her. But once we figured out that was just something she had to do, then it didn't scare me as much. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find out where she used to go for those extended stays? No, no, no. We used to talk about getting one of those locators or one of those cameras for her, but we always figured it might end up being used against us in court. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say anything to that. <laughs> well, that's how we figured it. I mean, you know. Uh, as far as we know, Penny never did any, any damage to anybody's property. Uh, but you know, unless you count trespassing, cause I'm not exactly sure she understood the difference between their property and our property, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, we never really found out where she went. We figure she went somewhere around here where our house backs up to a state forest. So there's a lot of unoccupied territory there with trees and, uh, you know, deer and other animals. 
So who knows where she went? We never figured it out. Uh, but like I say, it was after after we did figure out that was just something she had to do. Then is you still worried, but you didn't worry as much. Mm-hmm. So when she was staying with you and in the in the later sort of stages, did she develop any other doggy doggy friends and things? Did she did she develop any doggy? Yeah, did she get any uh, like do- local doggy friends that she used to hang around with? Um, I'm trying to think, any dog friends? Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was two dogs from a few houses up the road that she played with for a while, but then the owners sold their house and moved off. Uh, she was really good with 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 other dogs whenever they were around, whether they be puppies or or grown dogs, but. You know, we live on it's it's probably a mile and a half or two miles to what you where you would start seeing houses next to each other, like you know you would associate in most neighborhoods. It's uh, we live on a two lane road that is only partially surfaced with asphalt. It's most of it's gravel and dirt, and we're at the end of it. And then, like I say, our house backs up to a state forest. So up and down our road, there aren't a lot of houses and some of those houses were businesses rather than homes. So it wasn't like she had a lot of people with dogs to choose from. When you, in the last sort of like couple of years, did you take her on any sort of holidays or trips? Yeah, we, uh, we took her to Florida with us a few times. Uh, we took her to South Carolina with us once. And uh, she's a good dog in, in, on a trip. Uh, we did have, we did have a problem whenever, when we visited my brother in Florida, because he had a little five pound chihuahua that didn't like Penny being in her house. And so we had to, we had to keep them in different rooms because whenever they ended up in the same room together, the little chihuahua would, uh, would try to attack Penny and she would bark and growl and jump and, and claw and, Penny would just stand there and look at her and go, "Okay, you know, if you need a if you need a play toy, you know, if you need a jungle gym, uh, <laughs> uh, if you need a fun center, I'm trying to think of the Australian equivalent to the McDonald's uh, playgrounds. <laughs> you know, if you needed something to climb on and jump off of, fine. It didn't go to bother me one bit, you know. But yeah, it was uh, we we she was she was a good dog on a on a trip and. Whenever we were going to places for for fun without, you know, having our equipment with us, uh, you know, she would ride in the car and she would be a good, she'd be a good distraction. You know, she, she had a dog to pet, which helped with traffic and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. If I asked you off the top of your head to one of the happiest moments in time that you spent with her, what, what comes to mind? Um, happiest moments. Uh, oh, there were so many times with that dog. It was there. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say there are probably thousands of moments with, with that dog that, uh, that I remember. But, uh, huh? can't really think of one specific one. I mean, uh, she was always doing something to distract us or amuse us or entertain us. Um, one of my, one of my last memories of her was, 
my brother and mom were going to the, to, to the store in the, in our four door pickup. And my mom saw Penny in the yard and asked her, asked Penny if she wanted to ride with them. Cause they would sometimes let Penny ride to the store with them. And, uh, and my mom goes to open the back door of the pickup and Penny decided that she was just going to call shotgun. So Penny jumped in the front seat and my mom had to ride in the back seat of the pickup because, you know, you've, it's hard to move a 95 pound dog if they don't want to be moved. <laughs> and, and, and my brother's like, okay, this was bad enough. When, he said, but then as we're going out our driveway, he said, he said, Penny lays down. He said, so now it's like I'm driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> so I'm guessing that that was her spot in the, in the back seat. That was her spot in the front seat. Yeah. She did not feel like she belonged in the back seat. No, it's like, no, I belong in the front of the truck, y'all. Uh, I've got this really good picture we took of me and her sitting on my bed. It was taken just a little while before she passed. And it's a, it's, it's a good memory, but I mean, it was just, uh, she was just a, a great dog. She provided a lot of comfort, uh, you know, a lot of support around here. And whether we were traveling or at home, there was, there's, you know, there's always been a, there's always been a lot more stress in there than, than you would probably want. So, uh, she was a good dog for us at both times, which is kind of remarkable if you think about it, that you have a dog that was, you know, that was able to handle being a, in a carnival environment and traveling every week for 50 weeks out of the year. And then just as able to be at home in, you know, extended suburban Houston, Texas. Uh, they're, they're very unique and they're just, they're just awesome. And they're, think what they do for us and the, the different conditions they just adapt and yeah there's nothing else yeah. like it yeah they have so there's so many so many uh attributes that our dogs have that we can only aspire to you know being mindful being in the moment enjoying the simple pleasures of of, of life uh adapting to life when it changes regardless of how difficult the change may be you know the uh, our dogs have a lot to teach us, and they set a really good example in so many areas. Maxwell, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and, and hearing about Penny, a truly awesome dog. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed our time together, and uh, I look forward to uh, to getting to hear more of your conversations and learn more about other people's dogs. Thank you very much again. Take care. All right, you too. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Thank you to the new listeners in Marshall in the USA and in Graz in Austria. hope you are enjoying it. Uh, as always, if you'd like to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to this on, it will be appreciated, but even better, hit that subscribe button and share it with a friend. I hope you've got all your Christmas shopping done. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.